Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Hey, everybody, our awesome, incredible, amazing, loyal listeners here on the Blog and the Boys Podcast Network. Before you listen to the latest edition of the Writer's Block Podcast, we just wanted to make it very clear that this was recorded on Monday night without any knowledge of what happened during the Bills and Bengals game on Monday. And after recording the podcast, Jess and I realized what had happened to Bill's safety, DeMar Hamlin, and how it shocked the NFL and, frankly, the entire world. And while this is an ongoing situation, all of us at Blogging the Boys want to send our thoughts and prayers to DeMar Hamlin, his family, his friends, the Buffalo Bills, and anyone trying to navigate this difficult time. So unfortunate that this happened like it did. But while we're still trying to navigate through this time, uh, we felt here at Blogging the Boys that it was only necessary to hold off on our regularly scheduled Tuesday podcast. So um, that does include our weekly roundtable just out of respect for DeMar, um, his family, his team, and everybody that's going through this emotional roller coaster um, of an event that happened on Monday night. And as far as the Wednesday lineup, there will be no Dallas Cowboys daily. Just the latest episodes of the writer's block, followed by talking the star. And then, of course, the NFC East mixtape. So, again, the conversation you're about to hear is centered around the Cowboys. And we will all continue to respectfully move forward as much as we can. Um, Some things are just bigger than football. So we, again, cannot stress enough that we are sending all of our thoughts, our love, our prayers to DeMar Hamlin and everybody else who may need them during this challenging time. Go hug a loved one today. Go tell someone you love them. Life is just too short to ever know what is guaranteed. So we love you guys. We appreciate you. And again, it is okay to ask for help if you need it today and every day. Welcome to another episode of the Writer's Block Podcast. I'm Jess Navarez. That's at Jess Navarez underscore on Twitter. Of course, I would not be able to do this podcast. And I literally mean that without my incredible co-host, Brandon Laurie. That is at Brandon is right. W-R-I-T-E on Twitter because he's usually right uh, when it comes to most things, except our, our pie taste. We did discover that this season. That was among one of the things that we discovered. We just we have different opinions on and that's OK. But what we don't have different opinions on is how much we've enjoyed doing this podcast. I cannot believe, Brandon, how quickly this season went by, and we are already in the new year. Happy 2023. Brandon, what did you and Lucy do to bring in the new year? Uh, We just sat at home and did nothing. Uh, No, I'm kidding. Uh, I had a nice family party. It was fantastic. It is crazy, like you brought up that we started the podcast in 2022. Now it's already 2023, and you know there were all these memes floating around the internet and on Twitter of you know you you have your eyes wide open, it's 2019, and you blink and it's 2023. It's crazy how fast the time has flown by. But uh, yeah, I, being reflective as everybody does on New Year's Eve, you know, being where I'm at in my career and getting my start at blogging the boys just this this summer and where I'm at now. I mean, I'm very very grateful for it and uh, couldn't be more excited to keep it going and keep the podcast going because it's playoff time you know it's exciting while other teams are trying to figure out okay do we play backup guys to see what we have for the future the Cowboys are preparing for the playoffs and being one of seven teams that are in the race you know to to represent the NFC so it is an exciting time to be a Cowboys fan and to cover the Cowboys Uh, but yeah uh, just watch the ball drop as always and then honestly went to bed at uh, like 12 30 1245. I'm getting to that age now where staying up past 12 o'clock, 1230 on New Year's Eve even is getting a little more difficult. And I'm, I'm OK. I'm happy to uh, accept that fact. You know what? I'm right there with you. I had to work a Stars game on New Year's Eve. I got home just in time to watch the ball drop uh, with my two pups. And I don't know if y'all have seen that TikTok trend. I was absolutely under a table eating grapes. I don't know if y'all know what I'm talking about. If you don't go search uh, New Year's Eve under table eating grapes on TikTok. That was me with Toby and Wit under my dining room table uh, at 
12 o'clock. Although it was already 12 when the ball dropped. I don't know if you noticed that. It felt like it was a whole minute late. Um, it was a little weird, but um, I did that. And then I went to bed right after because I was exhausted from working that stars game. They're very fun to work and I'm very fortunate to work with them as well. But um, yeah, that was my new year's all sports all the time. And I love it. This uh, 2022 was probably the best year I think I've ever had high highs, low lows wouldn't change any of it because now I get to do this amazing podcast with you, Brandon. And I just love it so much. Now, but- well, I was going to ask, how do you guys do it in Texas? Cause I, I mean, this is a dumb question, but coming from some guy who's on the East coast, like for me, it's like everything's live all the time. Ball drops, boom, it's over. But I know you guys are like an hour behind. Oh, you know what? I didn't even think about that. It's so what's interesting is I actually saw this on TikTok. I have such a TikTok addic- addiction, everybody. It's bad. <laughs> but um, what they do is they drop whatever you're watching over and over again. So the reactions you get, depending on what time zone you're in, is you'll see in New York, uh, the clock resets after every midnight. So on the East coast, that's when the ball actually drops. You see the whole thing, everything. Woo. Yeah. Happy new year. And then central time, which is, you know, the time zone I'm in, you see another kind of reset of the clock and then everybody goes crazy again. And then same thing with mountain time and then Pacific time. So kind of crazy when you think about (laughs) it, but, um, when I lived in New Mexico, it would always say replay. So you would just see like the older version of it, knowing that that happened two hours uh, before you actually saw it. But you know, what was interesting is this was my first new year's Eve in Dallas because last year I ended up getting sick, had to extend my stay home. And I'm so used to being from my small town on new year's Eve, hearing fireworks everywhere. I heard two fireworks and that was it. Toby and wit were such big fans of not having to hear fireworks. Um, it scares them. So yeah, that was our new year's Eve and yeah. Ringing in the new year with the pups. Pretty crazy. Yeah. No, that it's, I was always curious cause I've never talked to anybody that was from the West coast or central, you know, time. So, uh, yeah, definitely different. Uh, I'm happy where I am. Cause again, ball drops, you go to sleep. Everything's okay. You just move on to the next day. And I feel like East Coast people just get the advantage to everything. Like when there's midnight release, y'all get to see it first or any of those things. Because I know even for me, when I'm waiting up to see, you know, a Taylor Swift release, I'm always so jealous of the East Coast people. Um, Like y'all get to actually experience it first. So all that to say... East Coast time period gets all of the cool things. Y'all get the ball drop. You get everything first. And I'm jealous of you uh, for that. But the Multiverse of Madness has officially opened up for playoff time. And uh, that's really what we're talking about during this episode. Because Thursday night feels like it was about two years ago. Um, now, I mean, technically, it was it was last year. Like, that is literally so... That is a true year. fact. Yeah. <laughs> that is a fact. I'm spitting facts now. But it's just... Look, we're not going to bore you with the details. A win's a win. It wasn't their prettiest win. Look, guys, the Cowboys were playing three games in 12 days. I just would love to see anybody who says that style points matter during this game to go out and play three games in 12 days and tell me how you feel during that last game and if those style points matter after you did that. So, you know, just real quick, I I know we're going to get into the playoff situation, but... What did these three games in this 12-day stretch really show you about this team so far? Because there's just a lot we can unpack about this game specifically. But I'm talking in general, these last three weeks, what have you seen from them that's worth noting? They they played three physical teams. Uh, you think about the Jags, the Eagles, and the uh, Titans. All three teams are just absolute physical teams with head coaches that have a really strong pedigree of success in the NFL, at least this season with Nick Sirianni. Uh, Mike Vrabel is a hard-nosed coach. He comes from the Belichick system, basically as you know, pretty much as a player. Um, but it, I know people were saying, oh, well, these are the backups. The Cowboys should be beating this team by a lot. Well, no. I mean, the, the defenders that are playing for the Titans on Thursday night, they are still in the same room, still coached by the same people as the starters. So they're going to play as hard as the starters are like to me 
there really, yes, there are 53 guys on a roster and there are depth charts and everything, but I give a lot of credit to anybody who makes it to this level. And I think that when you make it to the NFL level, you are the top of the top, the elite of the elite, regardless if you're starting or you're a backup. So I, I thought that this team is resilient to lose the Jaguars game the way that they did in, in crushing fashion to come back and beat the Eagles at home you know, gutting out a very tough blue collar game and then playing, you know, after beating the Eagles at their absolute, you know, best and, and being physical to play on the road in the, in the elements, like we talked about in the pregame on Twitter, you know, it was just a tough football team. And uh, I think that, like you mentioned, a win is a win, no matter how you slice it, how matter, no matter how it happens. Um, I just give the Cowboys a lot of credit for doing something like that. Cause I know I can't, you know, we've talked about it before, trying to do like podcast back-to-back nights. That's sometimes uh, a very difficult thing. I'm not comparing the two, but in my world, that's what I related to. And so I give them a lot of credit. They came out two and one in that, in, in that scenario. And the Cowboys are 12 and four right now. So there's not much to complain about. Oh yeah. And you know, the last time that the Cowboys did this kind of stretch uh, was during Thanksgiving week when they had again, three games in 12 days. And I know it's definitely not comparable, like you said, but I, I do nothing but Cowboys podcasts. So I'll do this one. I do girls talk, boys talk daily. And then I do the daily for blogging the boys. And there's such thing as burnout. You can still do what you love and get absolutely burnt out from it. And I'm not even doing anything physical like those guys are. I'm not on the field. I'm not playing. I'm just talking about them um, and, and doing that. But it's exhausting. And so I'm really glad to see that they essentially get a mini bye week after the amount of work that they've had to put in. Just, uh, you know, we always talk about physically, but mentally as well. To have to switch your brain to think about three different teams within that amount of time, three different game plans, that's exhausting mentally. And so I'm just glad that they got to ring in the new year, um, you know, with their families, with their loved ones and get a break because they just, these players do not get enough credit for how much work they put into this sport. I mean, obviously they know what they're getting themselves into as far as uh, the workload goes when, when they sign into the NFL, but it's just so, so different to, you know, be around it and, and see it in, in the way that I've been lucky enough to this season. It's, so different and um i just have so much respect for all of them that they go out there and they put their bodies out there like that every week but um with that the last three games i've seen improvement and you know maybe it's not strides and strides of improvement but i've seen improvement and specifically something i wanted to mention was cd lamb i i'm so proud of him and the strides he has made uh throughout these last three weeks you, you see ty hilton making his impact what more could you ask for uh, with that wide receiver group? And now we're seeing more of that tight end um, play being integrated back into the offense, which I think was missing uh, a couple weeks before. But all that to say, I'm just so glad these guys get a little bit of a break. And now we're talking postseason. What? Uh, like, I'm sorry, but when did that happen? When did we finally get to the end of the regular season? Now, Brandon, we're talking about playoff scenarios. And I don't know about you, but when you talk about playoffs, usually, I I know for me, when the Cowboys make playoffs and and you know they're heading to the postseason, there's a really dark cloud as a Cowboys fan um, that's kind of over my head of, oh, man, I don't know if it's too good to be true. I will say this season, I just have such a different look at the Cowboys, a different feeling, a different a different vibe, if you will, going into this postseason. Brandon, how are you feeling about this team and where they're at, uh, given they still have that game week 18 against Washington, which obviously matters, and, and we'll get into that in a second, but how are you feeling about what this team has done this season and you know, who they are, their identity going into the postseason. I'm trying to take that dark cloud and keep it away off my Doppler radar uh, with just rays of sunshine. That That's what I'm trying. And for me, 
you mentioned it's it's been a different year for us basically covering the team a lot more and doing things uh, in a professional manner. And I think for me, it's just helped me enjoy the ride a little bit more and know that there are teams right now, and I, co- I started covering the Denver Broncos, that they are struggling to figure out if their franchise quarterback with a huge contract that they gave him in the offseason is the guy that they are going to have next season. Like That could be a world that the Cowboys are living in where they don't even know who they are from a personnel standpoint, from an identity standpoint. But the fact that they're in the playoffs for back-to-back seasons, that is a world that I have not lived in uh, since I was very, very little and and actually hasn't happened since I was born. So, you know, it's a very humbling fact to know that the Cowboys have the personnel and the coaching staff because, yes, the players are putting the product on the field, but I think having the right coaches in the building definitely sets the tone. When you look at people like someone like Dan Quinn, the culture that he has brought to the defense. I look at with the rough patches that they've had to navigate through this season. I think if you had somebody else in there as their defensive coordinator, maybe things fall off the cliff a little bit more. But when you have somebody like Dan Quinn who can step up and kind of rally this defense, they get over things like that. You know, he's able to coach these guys up. And I think without Mike McCarthy, Kellen Moore, the combination of all the coaches and having that consistency, you don't have back-to-back playoff appearances. So I'm trying to keep everything light. I'm trying to keep everything happy. I think that when we talk about the scenarios, there are certainly ones that we prefer uh, over the others. But I think when you get to this point, Tony Catalina and Aiden Davis and Sturgio on their first and 10 podcast talked about it best. And they said, listen, it's the playoffs. You're going to play great teams. This is at the point in the season where you're not getting the Houston Texans anymore. You're not playing the Colts. You're not even playing the Commanders in the postseason. So you're playing really good teams. You just need to be better than them and trust that the Cowboys are the best team to beat them in that situation. And I think that they are. I think they are one of the top two teams in the NFC right now. And with regards to seeding, they should beat those types of teams. So I'm I'm coming in with confidence. That That is the big takeaway for me. And as you should, I I really think this team has had to prove themselves over and over again to why they are a good team. I mean, you talk about a team that's been through adversity this season. They lose their starting quarterback the first week to a thumb injury, a throwing hand thumb injury. The sky was falling. The world was ending. Um, I was walking out of the stadium that night. I mean, everybody was like, oh, there's the season. There we go. Season's over. I mean, to go from that to now what we're seeing, which is just 12 wins. This is the second uh, consecutive time or the second time in two consecutive years back to back that the Cowboys have had 12 wins in a season since 1994, 1995. Guess what also happened that year? Hmm. I don't know about you. I was Brandon, saying, yeah, but- we, we, we'll keep it on the hush hush. I'm, I'm sure people can infer what we're talking about. <laughs> I mean, I was talking about the fact that I was born in 1995. There you go. Yeah. You're talking about. Yeah, exactly. um, That's that's what I was talking about, obviously. Um, All I'm saying, though, is this is such a special team. We've heard it time and time again, um, really throughout the duration from different, you know, people that are close to these players and, and the situation at the star. But it is just absolutely crazy the amount of resilience. And we keep saying that word over and over. But. I mean, through the injuries, and every team has injuries, sure, but the amount of, um, I guess, will that they have to, on the spot, just go and be their best. I mean, even just uh, the best example I have is the O-line. What the O-line has gone through this season, what Tyler Smith has had to endure this season from a guy that the week, or not even the week, the day before Tyron Smith got hurt, Mike McCarthy said, yeah, where it stands right now, Tyler Smith would not be a starter. And then look how that has turned out. So absolutely crazy. You have guys like Jason Peters, who I never thought ever would come to the Dallas Cowboys, who's made an impact. Now you have T.Y. Hilton, who is just continuing to show that uh, Mr. Third Down is the appropriate nickname uh, for him going forward. But it's just been such an incredible season for them. And I really think that anything less, and I'm going to say it, here we go, then an NFC championship game would be a waste of talent and a disappointment for this team. Yeah, I I do agree. I think, again, it goes back to the enjoying the ride. I think one other thing that has got this team to this point is belief. I think belief and momentum don't show up on the stat sheet, and it's sometimes forgotten. 
Dak Prescott in his post-game press conference after the Titans game, you know, somebody brought up one of the reporters, asked him, you know, you guys are 12 and four, but you know, the turnover, stuff like that. And he said something along the lines of, well, you know, those are the headlines you guys write. Like, we don't believe that, that there's any issues, that there are any problems. Like we're 12 and four. Like what, what more do you want from us? Like, yes, we know we need to be better in, in areas, but like, those are the headlines that you guys write. And to me, I, I laughed when I heard that in the car ride home. And I said, yeah, like he's right. These guys believe in what they're putting out on the field and that they can compete with the best of the the teams in the NFL and, and make a Super Bowl, Super Bowl run. And I think that that in itself goes such a long way, especially at this point in the season. And that, again, credit to Mike McCarthy building that championship culture and mindset that this is the standard every year. You know, it's Super Bowl or bust for us. Like, that's the standard. We need to get to that point. So, yeah, I, I do agree that if it is a not an NFC championship run, like that would be upsetting from a fan standpoint. But to know that there are players on this roster that are going to carry over into next season and keep building and trying to bring guys back, you know, that's a positive thing. They're great in the draft. So you hope that that will bring in new faces that will contribute the way that it's happened from 2021's class into this class for 22. So Trying to stay positive, um, again, depends on how you get there, right? It depends on who you match up with and if it's uh, a good matchup or not. But um, the Cowboys have a couple things on the table right now, um, and it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Well, let's talk about how we get there first because, like I said, just a a few situations that can happen to get the Cowboys just a seed. Let's start with that. The Cowboys, the NFC East as a whole has not been solidified yet, which is absolutely crazy because that just shows how competitive it's just continued to be. Um, mostly, uh, mostly all between the Cowboys and the Eagles uh, up until this point. Um, the commanders obviously out of playoff contention and the Giants clinching their number six seed in the NFC for their playoff berth um, over the weekend. So, Brandon, let's break it all down for the people. If y'all don't know, the Cowboys can either be the number one seed, the number two seed, or the number five seed within the NFC. So, Brandon, explain to the people, how can the Cowboys be that number one seed? What needs to happen for that to be the case? Yeah, you're putting a lot of pressure on me. Let's see if I can perform in, in, in clutch moments. You yeah. Um, and if people want to follow along at home, uh, ESPN has the playoff uh, machine that you can look at. It's it's great visual aid for all this stuff, and it's actually a lot of fun when you're trying to figure things out for not only the NFC, but also the AFC as well. Really, if the Cowboys win, the Eagles lose, the 49ers lose, regardless of what happens with the Vikings game because the Cowboys have the tiebreaker over them, and then them losing to the Packers over the weekend basically takes them out of contention for the number one seed the Cowboys would get that number one spot. So really they need the, uh, the Cowboys need to win. Eagles need to lose and the 49ers need to lose. And that's why looking at the way that the NFL took their schedule and, and scheduled the games, you know, the Cowboys and uh, the Eagles are playing at 425. And then you have the 49ers. They're also playing at 425. So it's like, you're, you don't want to be scoreboard watching. And, and if your game starts at one and then yours starts at four, 425, I like the way that they did that. You take complete mental gymnastics out of that scenario. Now, of course, if you're the coaching staff and everybody, you know, Mike McCarthy might get a signal from up above and he said, okay, the Eagles are up right now, like 25, 26, 27 to three, you know, in the third quarter, you know, then you can start thinking about maybe pulling guys and stuff like that, but we'll get into that. But yeah, the Cowboys, if they want the number one seed, they need to win against the commanders. Eagles need to lose against the Giants and 49ers somehow need to lose against the depleted Arizona Cardinals. You know what? We've seen weirder things happen before, okay? Yeah, never yeah. say never. We've seen weirder things happen. Um, to get that number two seed, the that would mean that the Eagles lose, the Cowboys win, and then the 49ers also win. And so um, the, the reason the 49ers kind of have the upper hand is because they won over the weekend during their Week 17 matchup, they ended up being tied with the Cowboys, but they have the conference tiebreaker with the Cowboys right now with that winning record. So because of that, if they won, the Cowboys also won, they would still have the same record and that conference tiebreaker would come into play to which the 49ers would um, automatically outseed the Cowboys. The Cowboys would then be the number two seed. Did I get that correct? 
Yes. I, yeah. Okay. It, I, again, it's a lot to follow. It's a lot of information. The it best, really is. The best way that Justin and I were talking about it beforehand is if the Eagles win, all of this does not matter. If the Cowboys lose, all of this does not matter. So really – the Cowboys winning unlocks the possibility. Like you said, the multiverse of madness, it's sort of the key to the door. The Cowboys need to win. And then all these other things might happen that can get them a higher seed position. Uh, But if they don't and they lose, then they're locked in at the five seed. And as it stands again, at least we have clarity and we're not watching like seven or eight different games to know who's going to be the NFC South winner. We know that the Buccaneers locked up that spot on Sunday after they beat the Panthers. So they would be the opponent as it currently stands that the Cowboys would travel to Tampa Bay as the five seed and take on the four seed in the Bucks. So it's it's tough because I, I was writing all this stuff down, trying to figure out what's the best scenario, regardless of seeding and everything, certain teams that I want, whether it's the Seahawks, the Packers, the Lions, who are sort of fighting for that last seed. I don't know what your opinion is on it. I kind of have my most likely scenario where I do think that the Eagles lock up the number one seed. I do think that they beat the Giants. And then I think it's Packers at 49ers. I do think somehow, some way, Aaron Rodgers will not be denied of a playoff spot. Uh, I would love to see the Lions get in. Me personally, just because I watched all of Hard Knocks, I invested a lot of hours uh, watching HBO Max and money with the subscription. So I need them to get in. Uh, but the Giants and Vikings, I think, will be the second game. And, of course, Cowboys at Bucks would be the other one. So I don't know what about you. If, if you have an idea, I, I actually have to say before you go, all of Philadelphia right now is like on fire because they have no idea what's what's happening. Everybody's nervous because me being on the East Coast, I'm sandwiched in New Jersey right between Philadelphia and New York. And I live about 40 minutes from Philly. All day today, they're talking about how, oh, well, we thought that they would have locked up the home field advantage, the number you know number one seed, the division didn't happen. And you hear uh, like answers coming out of the locker room from star players saying, yeah, like we don't really know what's going on. It's chaos, right? And the Cowboys winning on Thursday night forced the hand of the Eagles to say, okay, like we need to win this game. And now you're looking at a Week 18 matchup where the Eagles will probably play Jalen Hurts. It's reported that he will be expected to play. But is he at 100%? No one knows except for the Eagles. It seems cautiously optimistic that he's 100%, but I don't even believe that either. So here's the thing about Jalen Hurts is – he is a key part. And Mike McCarthy talks about this all the time, that two things will win you a championship. One, a good quarterback, and two, a good defense. The Eagles, obviously, we know, have a very good defense. Uh, that Minshew Magic, though, not doing them any favors. I mean, he is 0 for 2 with uh, his start so far. But here's, here's, the, here's where things get a little sticky with bringing Jalen Hurts back. I understand that, yes, they absolutely need to play to win this Giants game, However, however, you're also talking about a team that, as much as I hate to admit it, has potential to excel far in the playoffs with a healthy Jalen Hurts. Bringing him back too prematurely, and and not from a throwing perspective, obviously you know he can rely on the run game for that, but from a hit perspective, if Jalen Hurts gets hit in that shoulder, gets tweaked a little wrong, things get a little tacky because that's connected to other parts, which we've seen. Uh, Brandon, we've talked about this collarbone areas and and more shoulder damage and then what good would that be for the Eagles going forward in the long-term effect if they really want to have a successful postseason run things get a little sticky for the Eagles and um, I hope that for Jalen Hurts's sake um, I'm all for player safety here they make the correct decision um, when when they play the Giants um just, you know, not rushing him back if there's any doubt in their mind that he could um, aggravate that shoulder more. But, yeah, um, the Eagles should be in a panic mode because they just had one job. That was to just win. Win. They had one job. And um, they're choosing the wrong time of the year to absolutely crumble and fall apart. And I love to see that. I love to see the Eagles crumbling and falling apart. But, um you know, as far as the Cowboys go and, and kind of what their fate is. So like you mentioned, if they're that number five seed, they will automatically take on Tampa Bay, which to me is such a storyline in itself because it always takes me back to the 2021 season at the end of the game when Dak is shaking Tom Brady's hand and he says, we'll see you again. Obviously that time he was talking about the postseason for that season. However, 
how storyline-esque would that be for, for that? I'll see you again to be, uh, you know, maybe for, for this season when I, I genuinely think the Tampa Bay Bucks will see such a different Dallas Cowboys team than they have ever seen. Um, obviously, we know that they lost to the Bucks the first week of the season. That was a very different team. That was just such a different situation. You're talking about a team at that point that none of the starters had any uh, preseason snaps. That was basically a preseason game for those starters. And so now you're seeing the continuity. You're seeing the chemistry. You're seeing the communication. A very different game, uh, a very different Dallas Cowboys team. So that would be uh, where it would stand. However, if the Cowboys end up with that number two seed, where it stands right now, they could play the Seattle Seahawks, the Detroit Lions, or dun 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 the big or green bay packers (laughs) um at home and again that's another name that when it comes to postseason y'all i understand the trauma that is associated with that name and postseason i understand i get it um but again you are seeing a very different aaron Rodgers, and you're seeing a very different packers team than you're used to seeing i mean Really, the Packers were scraping at the bits to get into the playoffs this season. That's not usually the case. The Cowboys didn't have to scrape at the bits to get in the playoffs. It was pretty much solidified, uh, what, a couple weeks ago already? It's just now the seeding we, we still don't know. But it's a very different situation. Do I ever count Aaron Rodgers out, though? No. Do I ever count Tom Brady out, realistically? No. But I do think that if any team can go into whichever round... Uh, first and play whoever first it is this team and come out successful I just feel so confident in what they have going on right now um and and you also play in the factor too that Dak Prescott coming in later in the season he is in his stride right now he is going to be playing at his best right now he is this January he's in December football mode which is absolutely uh, where he needs to be. And I know people can say the interceptions, blah, blah, blah. Miss me with that because we can get into that. That's a whole other discussion. How Dak Prescott has been playing is very impressive. What he's able to do uh, when he's connecting with the wide receivers, getting that run game going. There's just so many factors that go into this. And again, Mike McCarthy mentioned defense wins Super Bowls. People, this defense coming into, um, going into postseason, I should say, Potentially, you're looking at a healthy defense once again. You're talking about a a return of LVE. You're talking about a return of Jonathan Hankins. I really, really think that the timing is aligning for this Cowboys team, no matter who they play, to make an impact in the postseason. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smart Water Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smart Water Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Exaggerations and half-truths aren't new in politics. But now, with AI, people can create fake videos of candidates to sway your vote. I'm former U.S. Attorney Preet Bharara, and I've teamed up with technology expert and law professor Nita Farahani on my podcast, Stay Tuned with Preet, for a three-part miniseries, AI on Trial. Our second episode presents the hypothetical case of a hotly contested Senate race that is derailed when the leading candidate is accused of using AI to enhance his performance and hurt his opponent. How are we supposed to know when the technology becomes very difficult to validate something as truth or lies? Do existing laws, policies, and government agencies sufficiently safeguard the political process? Political speech is so tightly protected under First Amendment that it makes regulating in this space a real challenge. And what needs to happen to protect democracy in time for the real presidential election in November? When our elections are so close where it comes down to nail-biting endings, a few voters here and there can really lead to differences in outcomes. The episode is out now. Search Stay Tuned with Preet wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you mentioned the Buccaneers, and I think that we can start there uh, from, from my take. I think that that is the matchup for me. Like, if you can't get the number one seed, you're getting the right team. I do think that while the Buccaneers, 
they put up over 30 points on the Panthers on Sunday. That was the second game all season that they've put up over 30 points. And you think about that offense having Tom Brady, Julio Jones, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, you would think, oh my God, like Leonard Fournette as, as your running back, like these guys should be putting up 30 points on the regular. But that was the last time uh, that they put up 30 points since October 2nd of 2022. We're in a different year now. It, it doesn't even matter. So they they are just not the same team. Before I got the position to cover the, the Denver Broncos, I was thinking about covering the Buccaneers. So I was doing a lot of research. And right now, like you think that the Eagles are nervous and they're it's five alarm fire. The Buccaneers have been in a total... Uh, tailspin since like week six like everybody's talking about how there's no continuity on offense Byron Leftwich is like calling these plays that don't really make any sense Tom Brady's trying to call his own plays you know at the line of scrimmage and and go against the offensive game plan there's so much chaos right now happening in Tampa Bay for with, with them having postseason expectations coming into the year the one pro that I have to say for the Cowboys that favors them is that the rushing offense for the Buccaneers is dead last in the NFL. They are averaging about 76 yards per game right now. And that's because they have a rookie running back and they have Leonard Fournette, who just seems like it's like age is getting just a little bit uh, playing a factor against them right now. So, And the offensive line that they have has been hurt all season, kind of shuffling in and out. They have missing guys and stuff like that. But again, the con... Like Jess mentioned, it's Tom Brady, you know, and he's developing this connection now with Mike Evans that he didn't throw him a touchdown since week four. But guess what? On Sunday, he had three and for over 200 yards. So do I think that the Panthers, again, you have to compare the Cowboys to the Panthers. Are the Panthers a legitimate team compared to the Cowboys? Probably not. That's why they're not making the playoffs. But again, it's Tom Brady, it's Mike Evans, um, and also, too, the offensive line for the Tampa Bay Bucks have given up the least amount of sacks in the NFL with 22. Uh, Cowboys, I think, are maybe fifth or sixth in that area. Um, but it, again, is the offensive line great, or is Tom Brady getting the ball out fast? Like I think it's more of the latter, but still, we've seen what happens when the Cowboys can't get pressure on the quarterback because of a, of a game plan specific to getting the ball out quick. They crumble. They can't put pressure on the quarterback. So... That's sort of like the pro and con for me. I do think that it's the the best scenario for them. I would love to see the storybook ending of you beat Tom Brady before he retires. If he does at the end of the season to hand him his one loss and it comes in the playoffs, that would be great. But again, you're tempting with fate a little bit in the fact that it is Tom Brady. It is the playoffs. It's a different animal when it comes to that. But I'm all for that storybook ending. I'm all yeah. for slaying the dragons that have held you back for for years and has almost been Tom Brady's almost been a kryptonite, if you will, for for Dak Prescott specifically and and Dak Prescott led teams. So I what I want out of this postseason, no matter who the Cowboys play, is I just want them to stick to the game plan that works for them and what works for them that we've seen. Well, establishing your run, having a healthy Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott, who we did hear uh, from head coach Mike McCarthy on Monday, that uh, Tony Pollard will be integrated back into practice this week. Do I think we see him play in Washington? Maybe. Um, again, it's, it's, it's such a tick for tack thing right now when it comes to that, but also making sure Zeke is fresh, he's healthy. And if you have to rely on Malik Davis for another week, please, Please do so. Uh, give the kids some reps. Get him, um, get him going, and and keep everybody fresh. But establishing that run game, making sure that um, that is good to go. I think some area of improvement that the Cowboys really need to emphasize uh, going forward is being more productive on first and second downs. Uh, for whatever reason. Uh, I, I guess we all got so wrapped up in their third down conversions, we forgot that there's two more downs uh, before that that they really need to uh, be better at. So, you know, just not putting themselves in situations for third and long would be ideal. Um, and then, again, um, you have that cornerback situation uh, on the defensive side of things that has been just so sticky because of the injuries that have uh, struck that side of the ball in, in the secondary specifically. But... What did you think about Nashawn Wright? Do you think he is the answer that you need going into the postseason? Uh, him having his first career interception. So good good for Nashawn Wright against the Titans. Do you think he is your solution in the meantime? I, I think so. I think that he's shown growth over a two-week span of when he was thrown in for the Eagles game um, for a little bit and then also as well uh, for the uh, Titans game. And yes, he was going against lesser wide receivers than the Eagles, 
But again, I, I think that this is a player who has had limited experience at the NFL level. He is a third-round pick, yes, but again, coming out of the draft, there weren't many people who were putting that high of expectations on him. Dan Quinn and the Cowboys felt like that he needed to be picked in that round, so that's what's going to carry him throughout his career. He's going to be compared to a lot of the guys that were drafted after him, so that's the nature of the beast when it comes to the draft. But I think that coming out of training camp, his name is thrown out a lot as a guy that would show up in practice and even like in mini camp as well, too. Like, oh, Nashawn Wright, he's stepping up. He's taking the leap in his second season. And then nothing like really crickets. He was inactive for many weeks, more special teams. You know, when uh, Calvin Joseph was playing uh, at the starting position. So I think you're seeing him get more action. But I I do think that that interception uh, played a factor into confidence for him. I think he has a quick uh, memory, just like uh, Dak Prescott, where it's very short-term memory, where he gave up that one big player, I think a second one, but then he gets the interception, and that's sort of how he caps off his night. So he's a willing and able tackler, which I do like from the cornerback position for the outside runs. I think that that's great. So I think, honestly, at this point, you're so late in the season, it is what it is. Um, you can address it in the offseason, but I don't think that he is worse than someone like a Calvin Joseph. Now, I do know that they have the Kendall Sheffield on the practice squad. They didn't even bring him up when they brought up Mackenzie Alexander, so I think he's just more of a, of a break glass in case of emergency type guy. Um, so I think Nishan Wright, he's gotten the benefit of the doubt. He got the interception. Let's see what you can do. That's why I think when it comes to playing guys against the commanders, I think you're going to see Mike McCarthy be conservative with guys who are going to be like just broken down like he's not going to put guys in harm's way he's had a track record of that all season sitting Tony Pollard on a short week like you can even just look to last week for that I think getting a guy like Nishan Wright experience in a game like this against a team that they have really good wide receiver weapons Curtis Samuel Terry McLaurin Jahan Dotson these are all guys that will not will they, they are a playoff caliber wide receiver core and he needs to get experience against them no matter who's throwing him the ball at quarterback for the commander so I think it's it's going to be good uh, for him to get that experience. Now, if he, you know, knock on wood, something happens, I don't know what will happen at that point. Um, but I think that it's a risk you're willing to take because he needs the reps. Because, again, if you're playing the Bucks, it's Mike Evans, uh, Chris Godwin, and Julio Jones. Much better wide receivers. So I think that he needs to get this sort of repetition against guys who are at that elite level uh, before you get into the postseason. And obviously we know that the Cowboys, you know, have faith in their backups who've really stepped up all season when their number was called and they, they really thrive and live off of that mentality. But what, what side of the fence do you stand on? Are you on the rest your starters um, and, and play to win side, or are you on the keep going full force? Don't change the momentum. I want full steam ahead until you have locked up this game and then take those starters out you know, throw Cooper Rush in there um, and, and whoever else at that point. What side of the fence are you standing on with that for this Commanders game? You asked us in the Twitter space uh, on Thursday night, what would it, what what would you want to do if the Eagles won on on Sunday or, or didn't win on Sunday? And I said, Jess, you're asking the, the hardest question because it's like a scenario where I don't want to think about it until it actually happens. Well, we're in that world now. The Eagles lost and now are forcing the hand of the Cowboys to say like, hey, you're – Playoff hopes for the one seed in the division are still alive. What will you do? And I think that regardless of what happens, you sit guys or you start guys, it's a good place to be in because the health of the team is okay. It's not great. You know, Tyler Biotish is dealing with a high ankle sprain. You don't probably want to put your only center, really like serviceable center, uh, out there for very long against a, a really tough defensive line. But you have to do it to get reps. Connor McGovern hasn't had many center reps outside of training camp in the preseason. He needs to play these guys that are tough. Again, the the opponent, how it stacks out with the commanders are playing a, a tough team that they're not going to lay down for the final game of the season, even though they're out of playoff contention. You know, they're going to be competitive. They want to beat a division rival to go into next season, maybe save Ron Rivera's coaching job, which I don't think will happen. But um, they still have a lot to play for. So, okay, you come in that come in with that mindset. What are you going to do for Mike McCarthy? I think he has said all season, if the Cowboys are mathematically still alive in playoff seating, yeah, like we're going to play our best and see what happens. Let the chips fall as they may. Uh, I do think, in my opinion, you do it like you did last season. Play your starters for maybe a series or two. Get them the reps that they need. Positive momentum. Uh, I know it didn't pan out well for them last last year when it went to the 49ers game. 
But I think for me, the biggest thing is get Dak Prescott in there to go up 14 nothing, throwing a touchdown, two touchdowns, whatever, no interceptions. Then you pull him out of the game. Change his mindset to where he knows that he can go through a game not throwing an interception. I think that is very important for him and his confidence. I know he says that he's a confident player. He has short-term memory. I understand all that. I just think that for maybe the team's sake, just storyline, noise, outside noise, all that trickling in before playoffs. Like, oh, can Dak Prescott be trusted going into Tampa Bay? Like, the Cowboys don't need to hear any of that. You go in, you play a perfect two series, you get out, you pull all your starters. And listen, the Cowboys could still win the game with Cooper Rush. The guy was 4-1 and one this season. He already beat the Commanders. So I have confidence in him, you know, playing to win. So I think that there's really no scenario where the Cowboys are going to be in the wrong. It would just be unfortunate if something were to happen to a player and you look back and you're like, oh man, I wish we did the alternate. But that's the NFL. That's the world we live in. So they're definitely playing with house money. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Mike McCarthy handles it, you know, when it gets closer to game time. Yeah, I was just about to say Cooper Rush is absolutely capable of winning this game if needed. Um, and really at that point, he wasn't playing with the full force offense like Dak has now. He didn't have a T.Y. Hilton. He didn't even have Michael Gallup yet. Um, you know, his guy was Noah Brown, who I would expect at that point would get more reps than we've seen since the return of Michael Gallup and since the signing of T.Y. Hilton. But Cooper Rush is absolutely capable of winning this game if needed um, because they just decide to, you know, pull Dak early or whatever. But what I will say is I will forever emphasize uh, player health and safety and y'all reserve who is feeling even remotely banged up as much as you can during this game. I'm talking about, you know, Micah Parsons, maybe him getting a little bit less reps uh, this week. I'm talking about Tank Lawrence, who's just been, uh, battling and battling different things this season, but continues to not even bat an eye when it when it comes to playtime. Um, just guys, I really everybody needs to see completely healthy uh, or as healthy as they can be at this point going into the postseason. But um, yeah, I, I think uh, personally, I see them going full force ahead. I fold them. I, I see them going full steam ahead when it comes to the Cowboys health, um, but also just to win this game. I think they're trying to end the season with a statement and, you know, I, I would ideally like to see them get an early lead, like you said, and then halftime, well, who do you see? And there's all your backups. That's what I would like to see um, because it is also important to remember sometimes your backups need reps. You don't know what could happen in postseason. Those backups also need reps. You never ever, ever know what could happen. And the next man up always needs to be ready and they need those reps as well. So um, if everybody could get those reps and more specifically because the Cowboys are solidifying their lead, they know that they're going to win the game. They're up and everybody's playing complimentary football in all three phases. Yank them. I, I, I think uh, that's really how you go about it. But all right, Brandon, my last question, what is your ideal playoff route for this team? And what is your least ideal going forward so pretend the Cowboys win on Sunday okay what is your ideal route for the Cowboys and why I and, think and your least ideal yeah, yeah I, I think a home game would be fantastic um, I think if you're playing a home game as the number two seed and you're playing a team like the Lions or the Seahawks I wrote down that they are young teams with a lot of inexperience you know the Seahawks uh, the reason why they're in the position that they are right now is because of their rookie class and how well they've played Geno Smith has never been in a playoff game. So I think that you rely on the fact that you have more experience in that scenario. So I think that that would be an ideal route. The Lions, you know, they are a very physical team. They also have an explosive offense. They put up 41 points on on the on the Bears and have been putting 30 points on, on teams all season. So that's the one thing that, that concerns me a little bit. You do have that home field advantage, and it's a familiar opponent. The one reason why the Seahawks, it's kind of like flip a coin for me between those two um, because the Seahawks, you haven't played them yet this season. So it's like, you know, are you going to see something different? Are they going to show some things that aren't on film? At least with the Lions, the Packers, the, the, the Bucks, they are a familiar opponent. You've played them before. So... I think that ideally you want to be home, right? But like I said at the top, I do think somehow, some way the Eagles will win this weekend. And I think that you're going into Tampa Bay and I'm okay with that. Like I'm not freaking out over that scenario uh, because again, it's a common opponent They're They've been struggling all season. I trust that for one week, this coaching staff will get the players to play their absolute best and win the game. And I remember the 
the Cowboys traveling to Tampa Bay last season for week one, it was 50-50 from what I remember. There were a lot of Cowboys fans there, so it's not going to be, and I know it's playoffs, so it's a little different, but opening night, playoffs, I mean, coming off of a Super Bowl, it's pretty similar. So I don't think that it's going to be all Tampa Bay. It might be 70-30, but even that 30%, loud and proud for Cowboys Nation. So I think the absolute worst case scenario for me is Cowboys at home against the Green Bay Packers. I know we talked about that on the roundtable last week. Oh, what happens if Aaron Rodgers get in, gets into the dance and kind of acts like an assassin? Well, I brought up on the roundtable, I said, I've seen enough 007 movies and, and all the spy movies that you hire an assassin and they double cross you. You know, it will come back to bite you at some point. And to me, I think that the Green Bay Packers right now, they won their fifth game in a row. And they are playing really good football. The defense has stepped up a lot. Uh, the running back duo between A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones, I want nothing to do with, especially in a warmer climate at home. You know, like they own AT&T Stadium, unfortunately. Um, and I do think that the drama surrounding uh, around, you know, Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers again, like I don't want to go through that narrative um, of, oh, Mike McCarthy, you lost Aaron Rodgers, you know, with the Cowboys now. What are you going to do differently? And it can cause a lot more distractions off the field than, than what happens on the field. So that's the scenario I want nothing to do with. Yes, playing at home would be great, but give me the Lions or the Seahawks. That's option number one. I, I am totally fine with traveling to Tampa Bay, but I want nothing to do with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. And that is completely fair. Um, I, I agree. I think it's it's just one of those very tainted names, especially after the season. I mean, they had their opportunity uh, to go in and and uh, you know beat the Packers and put that that storyline to rest, and they didn't. I mean, really, at the end of the day, they didn't do it this season. But what I will say is no matter which one of these scenarios happens, whether it's, you know, the number five seed and going to Tampa Bay to, to play the Bucks, or being at home playing the Seahawks, the Lions, uh, or Green Bay, or better yet, getting that first round by, that would be very nice. Ideally, that's what we yeah, want. Yeah, right? absolutely. Like, Ideally, that is exactly what we want. Yeah, that's obviously our first choice here. But if that's not the case, here's what I don't want. I don't ever want anybody saying that the Cowboys got the easy way out because if the Cowboys are successful in this postseason run, everybody is going to find some way, shape, or form to undermine and underplay everything that they've done this season and, more importantly, everything that they're capable of doing in the postseason. I don't want anybody to give them any excuse of, oh, they had the easy way out with the with the Seahawks or the Lions. No. I don't want that. I want this team to redeem themselves in the best way possible. So give me Tom Brady. Let's let's go to let's go to Tampa Bay. Let's put that storyline to rest. Or give me Green Bay. Because really, this team is not afraid. And they shouldn't be. They should not be afraid of any of that. Especially if you're playing the Packers at home. It would be a little different if I if if you were talking about playing the Packers at Lambeau. Then I would say, heck no, last last thing I want. Play the Packers at home. I really would love every single storyline that this team has had on their backs the last, you know, what, eight years now? And furthermore, the last 25 years to, I want that monkey on their back to be off. So if that means you play Tom Brady or you play Aaron Rodgers, eliminate that storyline, put it to rest and put it to rest in the best way possible, knocking them out of playoff contention in the first round, show everybody who you are going into the rest of the playoffs and putting some respect on your name, um, striking fear into whoever you play in the next round. I want the storyline win for these guys. I think they deserve it. I think they've worked for it. And you know what? I'm not saying there's an easy way out because no game in the playoffs is easy. I mean, every team is there for a reason, but uh, except the Giants, I don't know how that I don't know how that ended up. Hey, happening, but... listen, I, I have to say, kudos <laughs> to them for getting to the postseason with the roster that they have. It I is know. it is unbelievable. It just shows you again, like as NFC a Cowboys, yeah, as a Cowboys fan, yeah, it's it sucks. You never want to root for a team, but I love Brian Dable as a coach, uh, and kudos to him for putting together a great staff and to win and be in the playoffs with Daniel Jones, like. I've never thought that that would ever happen. And the fact that he's also throwing to guys that nobody, if you had to line up their roster and say, okay, name Richie James, I'm sure nobody would know who it is. It's like, oh, well, uh, I don't know. Like he's, it's not household names, you know? So it's, 
kudos to them. And um, I'm also happy that the commanders are out and that Ron Rivera had no idea that that they were even in playoff contention or, or were going to be eliminated if they didn't win. I mean, that alone, I think, will get you fired in the NFL as a head coach. That alone speaks volumes to their culture. And, you know, all I'm saying is Mike McCarthy would never. Mike McCarthy would never, ever do that. I'm very thankful for Mike McCarthy and what he's done for this Cowboys team in these last two years. Um, it's it's incredible, really. You look at the turnaround and the culture and how much these guys are bought into it. So, you know what? To me, it's going to play out like it plays out. And I think the Cowboys are prepared and more than capable of going up against whoever they end up going up against and winning. Um, there is not... Anybody that we have mentioned that absolutely strikes the fear into me to give me a shred of doubt. The Cowboys can absolutely beat the Packers at home. Uh, uh, maybe not a Lambo. That that gives me anxiety. <laughs> I will admit that. But furthermore, the Cowboys can absolutely beat the Seahawks at home, the Lions at home, and Tampa Bay um, at Raymond James Stadium. But again, anything less than a win from any of those teams – I mean, again, it's just a waste of talent and that they know they have. They know it's there. It's just being locked in at this point. That is a bridge we will cross when it happens. <laughs> just like I said, live in the moment. Uh, I I think that you should be recruited by Mike McCarthy to give the pregame speech uh, for the Cowboys. Like Thank really, you. really Thank juice them up and just get them pumped up because uh, I just I hope that I, pumped you up. Did that pump you up a little bit? I want it to be already the wild card weekend. I don't. E- I don't even want anything to do with week eighteen. This way, everybody's healthy, and we can figure out who we're playing and, and talk about everything on blogging sure. the boys, you know, for playoffs. But uh, yeah, I mean, no, I'm not yeah. saying week eighteen doesn't matter. Obviously, we yeah. know there's a lot riding into week eighteen, but really, the Commanders they're out of playoff contention. They're not really playing for anything at this point. In fact, I don't know if you saw their new mascot. That thing is. Scary. Tutty. Like, get that thing away from me. <laughs> it is absolutely terrifying. Nightmare fuel. I never want to see it again. And it was against my will that I saw it on my Twitter feed. Um, don't like it. But thought I'd throw that in there. They're not really playing for anything. The Cowboys, on the other hand, whether the Eagles win or lose, they're still going to go and play. They are not the type of team that is going to sit back and be like, oh, okay, we don't have to play now. That's not what they're going to do. So either way, they're going to play to win. Um, so week 18 absolutely matters either way, whether it's to get you your number one seed or your number two seed, or if it's to keep your momentum going into the postseason and keep everything fresh, either way, they're going to play to win. And I, I just don't understand how anybody thinks that a team goes this far and, and doesn't play to win. Like when, when the stakes are as high as they are for the NFC East right now. Same thing with the Giants and the Eagles. The Giants, that's that's another interesting thing um, with them playing the Eagles and them already clinching their playoff spot. They still have a lot to prove. I mean, they're really the underdogs going into the playoffs. Uh, you look at it. They have no respect. I was disrespecting them a second ago. They have no respect to their names. They have a lot to prove. They have a lot of young guys. And shout out to Brandon for sending me this free agent tracker. They have 20 free agents oh. that need wow. to solidify some deals. That's crazy. And what better way to do that than in the postseason? So uh, this last week, postseason, I'm just saying the Giants still have something to prove. So a little fun nugget for you there. Crazier things have happened. And I know Dable you know, mentioned that he wants to play his starters. And listen, the reason why the Giants went on the run uh, against the Patriots, I believe the first time, maybe the second time. I, again, I'm not a Giants fan, so I don't know. I don't live by this stuff. But um, the they played the Patriots week 17 when it was 17-game season. And they they lost, I believe, or won one of the two. But they knew that they were able to compete against the Patriots. And then they met up with them in the Super Bowl and ended up beating them. So it... it it's a real thing to play your starters and trying to carry momentum into the postseason because if the Cowboys can win on the road in week 18 and they have to go wildcard weekend on the road, you know, in Tampa Bay, okay, you have a, a proven track record recently as last week to say, okay, we can go on the road and beat anybody, you know, even within, within our division. So I think that that bodes well for the Cowboys if they play their starters for a little bit. Um, get them in there, get them out healthy, and build momentum, and let's let's do this thing. I, at this point, I'm just <laughs> I'm ready for the playoffs, especially with all this talk about it. Uh, I am so happy that the Cowboys are in it. I'm very grateful for it. 
Um, and I'm ready for this week to be over so we can start talking about it more. And I'm happy and grateful that, yeah, same reasons, but that we get to talk about it on this podcast next week because, well, we don't want to upset RJ in going over our hour that we're <laughs> supposed to stay on uh, this podcast. Thank you, RJ. You were the best. And we appreciate you letting us talk our heads off even though we go a little long sometimes, but that's okay. We're not going to do that this week. Uh, we're going to keep things to our hour long mark, but Brandon, where can the people find you and all of your incredible takes and all of your incredible knowledge? Yeah, it is at Brandon is right on Twitter. And like just mentioned at the top, it's W R I T E in a journalistic sense. Um, I couldn't, I was so close to getting my score prediction right uh, for, for Thursday night football. I was trying to have the Cowboys pitch a shutout against the Titans. And then when they scored, I was like, all right, well that's done. So yeah, uh, you can say that I'm right in the journalistic sense with W R W R I T E, not R I G H T. I mean, you're right most of the time. Yeah, That's okay. Yeah. You literally write, and you're right when you right. write. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, Brandon, again, always appreciate having you on here. Um, this is so much fun. I cannot believe how fast this season has gone by with us doing this podcast. Um, if y'all want to go follow me, it's at Justamars underscore. Um, always just tweeting whatever random stuff I decide to tweet that day. Um, I need to get better at tweeting, Brandon. That's my New Year's resolution is I was doing really good at Twitter, and then I just kind of like stopped. So I'll be better at tweeting, I promise. Yeah, you're busy. You're a busy person. Totally understand it. Uh, we'll we'll let it slide for 2022, 2023. Pick it up a little bit. All right. All right. You got my word, everybody. But all right. I hope you all enjoy the rest of your day. Um, make sure to go hug someone you love today. Tell them you love them. You just never know. Uh, life is short and anything can happen. So make sure you do that. Um, of course, we always enjoy having you listen. Make sure to go subscribe to the Blogging the Boys podcast network wherever you listen to your podcast and leave us a review saying that the Writer's Block podcast is the best one because obviously you're listening and that's what you think, right? Like Brandon is right. So obviously that's the correct thing to do. But uh, thanks so, so much for listening. We appreciate you guys. Have a great day and we will see ya or talk to you rather next week. We'll